Welcome to Across the Park podcast, a football podcast on both Everton and Liverpool Football Club, produced by six mates, the three Reds, Gary, Phil and Terry, and the three Blues, myself, Millsy, Judgy and Craig. Each Monday, we release our latest show. We will discuss the ongoing matters with both teams, whether it be good or bad, opposing views, opinions, banter and debate. We are proud to be a family-friendly football podcast and you can find more about us on our website, www.acrosstheparkpodcast.co.uk. Don't forget to subscribe so you never miss a show on your preferred podcast listening app and make sure you give us a follow on our social media. Twitter is Across the Park PC, Instagram is Across the Park PC and Facebook search Across the Park. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Liverpool didn't win this weekend, so three blues, myself, Millsy, Craig and Judgy, with two reds as well, Phil and Gary. <laughs> Craig, international weekends, we won't, won't spend too long on it, because we're, we're a podcast of our clubs, but Jordan Pickford and Michael Keane were part of an England clean sheet. Is that a positive for Everton for you, that momentum of clean sheets carrying on, even though it's for England? Um, I, I, I won't look too much into it. I think if we were playing a, a decent size of Portugal or Germany or Holland or something like that, it'd be more encouraging to to see because, you know, it's 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 fiercer competition, but I don't, I don't know about the likes of Bulgaria or the next game we've got, which we'll probably keep a clean sheet in that against Kosovo. <coughs> I don't, I wouldn't say too much into that. Just put the mockers on Keane, that Anna Craig. <laughs> probably yeah. keep a clean sheet, I can <laughs> smell an own goal. Yeah, possibly, yeah. <laughs> Pickford tried his best to throw it away. There was a back, there was a back pass to him late in the second half and, it was a difficult one for him to deal with, but then he's tried to be clever instead of just cleaning it and tried to play out to Maguire. And Maguire subsequently had to foul their players just to deny them a, a chance at goal. And uh, he, he saved from the free kick to slightly redeem himself, but it was a bit of a block just on his performance. Um, I agree. I agree with Craig's comments. To be fair, I don't think um, we can read too much into games against opposition like that in a pretty strong England side. To be fair, that that's the mm. one thing you could say is that. They are gathering confidence playing for a team that wins consistently and and as a team that's playing with confidence as well. So I think that you've got to take that as a bit of a positive and playing in a good side in those international yeah. breaks and, and, and you know, getting into winning habits, um, which has not always been the case with England. And this has probably been the most consistently we've been represented for England for quite some time yeah. as well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I'm sure they will have enjoyed being part of the squad and, and everything that's come along with it and they'll want more and more of that. Obviously, Pickford's more of a regular than Keane is, but Keane will mm. probably... More of a taste they get for international football. I think the more they feel they've got to keep a high level of consistency yeah, that, at a club level. That's it. If they go away and play well and get good results and they come back happy, you'd rather that opposed them coming back when and the, the national media are on the back, if you will. Yeah. Um, to stick with the international theme, I know Oxley and Chamberlain got a few minutes for England. Um, I don't think it's, it's really worthy of a, of a question to your filter, to be honest, because it was only two or three minutes he got. What I, what I do want to ask is whether you agree with it or not, are you surprised that Trent didn't play for England? I am a little bit because I don't particularly rate Trippier very highly. Um, but you, the thing is with Trent, he plays a very certain way for Liverpool, um, and it leaves it, it, if you if you play that way with a different team and a different sort of shape, it can leave you very exposed. So maybe just England's shape is different from Liverpool's. You know, we, we we've got a, a very hard hard working midfield who fill in the gaps when he goes forward and all that. And maybe. The manager just, just just doesn't want to go in that direction with it, but I think if I if he doesn't want to go in that direction, no, then surely don't put him in the don't, squad. Don't even but put him I, I do think he'll play against Kosovo, won't he? I think I, I, genuinely I think he'll think swap and change. They've left um, Kyle Walker out the squad. <coughs> Probably seen that 
he's sort of coming to the end of his England career now. He's he's a bit on the older side. They're trying to bring in new blood to the to the team. I think most people, if not everyone, sees that position as being Trent's. I know Trippier's no mug or nothing, but I think the way Trent had his sort of rise to fame and, and he's been in two European Cup finals in two years. He's now Liverpool's main slash only right back. Um, I think he, he's Southgate will see him as England's number one right back. I think yeah. he probably gave Trippier game time just to give him, just to sort of see what he's about, see what he, what he's got in his locker, to see what he's like defensively, see what he's like going forward, see Dude, what Trippier. he's like. I think yeah. he knows a lot about Trippier anyway. He probably he? does, but I think he knows more about Trent. I think Trent plays at a much higher level. He plays in a much better team. I think, I that's, think that's a bit unfair. I think because uh, Trippier's played, was at the, the World Cup for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. he, he, was, he was the first choice in the World Cup. Yeah. I think, I think, there's an uh, element of truth in, in, in both and what both he's are saying there. I think in an ideal world, Southgate would want Trent in there. I think he's a better player in terms of um, giving England more variety when they're attacking. I think what he looked at, which is probably what you were saying there, Phil, is that you're playing against a Bulgaria team at Wembley that we're going to sit back, but at the same time, you could potentially get caught on the break. I think he wanted a bit more of a solid, disciplined back four, which Trippier is, is more experienced. I think that's mm. one thing you can say without without doubt about Trippier yeah. compared to Trent. He's I more experienced. He, I think he po- possibly fancies Trippier more than Trent. And I think that's possibly why Maybe. he's playing. Him. He, he, w- he will play against Kosovo. I think he'll play a pretty much a set, not a second string against them, but he'll give... Kosovo are like... Uh, are better than Bulgaria, you know. Well, I, w- I wouldn't know. Yeah, <laughs> Kosovo, <laughs> Kosovo were top of the group when we, we played they were Bulgaria. Pretty, pretty new I'll, be, I'll be quite no, honest. Kosovo got that Chilina who plays for um, never heard for <laughs> no plays for <laughs> plays for Swansea. He, he like took the Mick in the FA Cup again. It was United last year. What's his name? Shali- uh, Celina Celina or Chilina. Oh. I'll, I'll be it. honest. I I'll be quite happy if Trent doesn't play against yeah. Kosovo. I'd rather him not and just get, give him the rest, give him the week's rest, get back for Liverpool as, as fit as he can be. Well, you, know, Gary, you saying that there brings me on to what I was going to ask you anyway. It's, it's the Europa League, it's a European Championship qualification, which means Mane and Salah didn't play this weekend. They're not away with their teams. Is, is that a blessing for you? Because 100%. they played in the summer, didn't they? 100% yeah they, they've, they haven't had as much rest as, as other players they haven't had a, f- a proper pre-season the way the other players have the the fact that they're now going to be probably at Melwood for, for these two weeks where the, the rest of the players aren't they'll be get, probably having sort of the, the back end of what pre-season they should have had mm. and get, making sure that they, the, I know they haven't they've, they've looked as fit as ever at the start of the season but I'm sure Klopp will be putting them through the paces to make sure that they are at the level they need to be for going into what's going to be a busy period the next like next couple of months. So we've got we've got the sorry we've got the Champions League starting. Then you know you've got the Carlin Cup that's going to start or the Carabao Cup as it's now called. It's going to start. You've got, we're going to have the World World Club Championship Lots starting of games, in, in December. Yeah. We're, we're, it's going to be a really really busy period from probably now until until just after C- Christmas New Year and. You know, it's it, 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 we're gonna need them. I'm sure they they will get some breaks when it comes to the Carabao Cup and stuff. You'll probably see the likes of Origi and Brewster getting more game time than, than they have been so far. But you know, th- this this is a much welcome break, and I don't think they're actually due back for international duty until maybe <coughs> the third one of the season. Mm. So even even when we get to the second international break, they're they're still gonna be with Liverpool at, at Melwood, and you know, it, it's it can only be a blessing for us really. Yeah. 
Craig, you were saying before about the level of opposition being important. Wijnaldum and Van Dijk have had some decent level of competition, mm. and they've played particularly well, them, them individuals. Um, I didn't watch the game, but Wijnaldum was getting all kinds of praise, wasn't he? After, after, after his game he's in the, in the advanced midfield. Me, he's impressed me a lot for Holland for yeah. quite some time. He's more attacking, he? he? gets a lot more freedom for Holland, and he's a, he's a lot more... Not that he, he was a better player at Newcastle, but he got a lot more license at Newcastle, didn't he, yeah, to get more forwards? More of a tenny Yeah, he was, yeah. And, and he plays a, a, a bit more like that for, for Holland. Yeah. And they're a young team now. I think we were used to, for quite for at least five years of it, being like an aging kind of... They, they looked like they were over the hill, Holland, for quite some time, didn't they? But yeah. now you've got the likes of Delight and, yeah. and obviously... It's a new wave. And Yeah, it is, it's definitely it's a, a new generation. It's funny how these, like, the top... The, what we, we consider the top nations, they do go through them transitional periods, mm. don't they? France in the early 90s... Well, people would argue that England haven't quite got through it, but they've, they've been going through it since sixties. <laughs> the sixty-six, but like the like support. No, so because the Spain best teams they come up together and they know each yeah, other well, yeah. so they age together. Yeah. So and then you tend to have a dip, don't you? After that, hmm. but no, it's interesting because Wijnaldum doesn't seem <coughs> he played in the advanced position against Barcelona. That's what I was just going to say. Yeah, you, you've seen that the the one real t- time he got that sort of opportunity at yeah. Liverpool was Barcelona, and yeah. he. Basically changed the game for us. So why why doesn't he get that chance more? Do you not play that system a lot, or is is I know you said Henderson at the end of last season was more advanced and you were loving that. To be fair, is it he's not picked there a lot, or I'll be honest, I I don't really know. I I don't know why he doesn't get that that chance more than more often. But it, thinking about it on the spot now, it it might be down to the fact that we haven't really got anyone else to do the job he does as good as what he does. We've got we've got other players who, who can play that sort of attacking role to to a, a good enough level who mm. are, you know and that's not saying that it's it's not great it is great but but we're, we're blessed that we've got that many quality players uh, in in sort of yeah, midfield positions he's maybe a victim of of his own versatility from that respect not a victim because it, it gets him more, you know more game time I he's more important a bit but deeper to be I, I think the fact that they've got the three attacking players in Salah Firmino and Mane that they've got they don't particularly need don't someone like require. Yeah. Don't yeah. Require. it's a question of a pool of had like who's the advanced midfielder it hasn't always been Henderson that's suddenly come well, to light at the it, end of the it's funny season. how you say in the Barcelona game you were missing two plus two of those players for me and Owen Salah and he did get that free, freedom didn't he uh, so yeah it's a good point and I, th- I think mm. what you look at with, with Holland which is where he kind of gets celebrated in, in his role is that he gets in the box a lot and they haven't really got that proper out and out forward like they did in the past with Van, Van Nistelrooy yeah. and, and all yeah. that they haven't where, got that whereas, goal whereas for them they probably need them to get in the box yeah, to, to get don't. them goals we don't need them yeah. to because we've got that, that front three it's nice to know that we can utilise Yeah, areas, absolutely, because there, there has been, especially over the, the, this summer mainly, we, we've had questions of who we're going to bring in for that position yeah, because, exactly. the, you know, Fakir was nearly over the line last summer and, and it never happened for whatever reason. Then there was loads of chat about whether Coutinho was going to get brought back for, for that sort of position. The, the, there is definitely a question as why he doesn't get played further yeah. forward because, as, we'll as, as we're all saying, he, he does it on a regular basis for Holland. There's, yeah. So there's no reason why he can't do it for us. There's, and no, no disrespect to Holland, he's got better players around him for Liverpool as well. So, yeah. d- you know, it, it probably enhance him even more, if anything. Yeah. Well, sp- speaking of players who put themselves in the window, um, Tom Davis, captain's England's under 21s on a Friday night, I think it was. They won 3 mm. 2 in Turkey, and, and again, he was. Mm. His, um, his performance was praised by, by A.D. Boothroyd, the manager. And I, g- I didn't see all the game, I've seen bits of it, but he looked like you know a player, even though it was the 21s. I think g- being given the ca- captaincy, he relished it, and he, and he, you know, by all accounts, has a, has a really good game. A lot of Blues reacted to that on, on Twitter because Everton posted, posted yeah. out, you know, the results and, and stuff like that. And a lot of Blues were saying, well, 
where is he? Why is he not getting game time? Particularly, in, you know, you look at the game of Villa, yeah. where we're lacking that type of industry that, that he can bring to the team. What are your thoughts, you two, on, on Davis's role in the squad? Boothroyd's always praised him, hasn't yeah. he, as well? Booth, to, to be fair, Boothroyd's yeah. always praised Davies. So he thinks every, highly of him. I think every manager that he's worked on praised him. I don't think Marco Silva's never actually came out and said he's not good enough to play for Everton. If he weren't good enough to play for Everton, he'd have been in the shop window. Mm. In the pre. In his, in, but he, but he's not, and I, I think there's. A, I, I actually do think there's a player there, and the thing with him, he's a, he's a victim of being a local lad, mm. and and the, there's a man of the ever from ever, the fans from the fans for him to to perform. I mean, we're we're still looking for a Steven Gerrard of Liverpool type of player, aren't we? We we've that's why a lot of the local lads in the past have come under criticism. You want, you want your best player yeah, to be to an Evertonian. Be, uh, yeah, to be an Everton yeah. pl- Evertonian yeah. from from the city. And you know, Davis hasn't shown signs of being that, but this, he's certainly shown signs for me that he, he I think he's a good player. I think he's he's he has got a bit about him. I Should think uh, un- unfortunately for, uh, unfortunately for Davies, I think it's as simple as He's just down the pecking order at the minute. Yeah. Mm. S- Silver has looked at the the whole in midfield with Guy going, but and he, he's identified that. Well, he thinks that it's going to have to be Schneiderlin, Delph, or Gabamon who plays there. And oh, he, he maybe yeah. does. He maybe doesn't trust Davies how's, to play how's there. Schneiderlin getting game time as a Davies though. As of anyone, I know it's coming from me, and I'm 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 the I'm his biggest critic at Schneiderlin, but I'm not a massive Davies fan either. I've got to admit, I'm not, a, and and that might be the whole local thing, but I, I don't think it is. I just think he, he's had... questioned his quality in the past, haven't Yeah, you? he's had a lot of opportunities, Davis, in games that should suit him, and he hasn't quite took the ball by the arms like, like he should Is he actually under 21? Or is it one of them where you can yeah, be... Yeah, he's only about 20, yeah, yeah, isn't he? he? was very young I mean, when he was 17. He made his, his debut at 17 in two, 2016, so what's that making? Well, he's 20 yeah, now, is he? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that's another, that's, thing we've got to look, that's another thing we've got to look at. He's still, he's still young enough. To even to improve even more, <coughs> he could go on loan, couldn't he? He's, he's that young he's that, that he yeah, could. But he I could think I think the fact that he's probably played play close to hundred games, or he might have even played hundred games for Everton, and you don't really want to see that type of player go out on. I know, but I've always thought that's been that's been my biggest um, thing about Davis. I feel he just needs a season where he's valued, he, he's wanted, he's needed every week, week in, week out. He needs to kind of because I think the big part of the, the the development for youngsters is not only the 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 week to week performing well. It's week to week. I've got enough. I've just got to play, yeah. keep playing and playing and playing and battling through as a midfielder, and and he's never really been relied on, has he? Mm. And 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 the only time he has been relied on. Sorry to break you up there, Mills. Is is almost under the wrong, in the wrong circumstances. It's like we have to play him now. So yeah, we relied on. I think when Ghana went to the African Nations in Cummins' first season, that's when he had to play yeah, Davies. And we've seen yeah. the Man City goal and things, and yeah, he sure. stayed in the team sure. because we had to. I mean, to flip it back on you two there, can you two tell me is he a six and eight or a ten? Because I don't know. I, I don't think, think he, I think he's an eight. I don't think he knows. I, 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 I don't know what he is honestly. He's not a six. He's not a deep. If he's a, if he's a six, if you like, or if he's a deep line midfielder. He's an Andre Gomez deep line midfield. He's not a combative tackler. I, I think Craig's probably right. He, he is a box to box. He likes being in there, box. He sure. doesn't mind putting I, the work. I want to. S- I want to see him on the ball, like driving forwards. I don't want to particularly see him like chasing down. So you'd Stop say he's got to play with Ghana, not be Ghana. Kind of yeah, thing, yeah. He's, yeah, he's got to play with that. He's got to play with like a Gabamon, yeah. if with you it, like, yeah. or a Delph. You almost asked that question, Mills. Is it like that's to his detriment, and it will be better for him if he did know? But we've just discussed. Um, Wijnaldum, and you can say the same of Milner and Henderson, where they're all three of them things, and, it, and it's to their benefit. 
I think when Alden, uh, let's go back to the Barcelona game, and, and Craig brought it up there before the fact that you were missing was it Salah and Firmino in that game. So maybe Klopp's was forced to play an advanced midfielder. Yeah. There. He had to go for it. I don't think there's been a moment in Tom Davies' career where Everton have had to really rely on him. We touched upon there that when Garner went to the African Nations in 2017, that he had to play in in, in a midfield too. But Everton have never had to say. We've we've got to go and like rely on Tom Davies. Yeah, here. I understand, but he he hasn't really had a, a chance to have a settled role either, though, has he? No. Only that first season since he's since he's sort of broke into your team. How many managers has he played under? Yeah, I think, I think what, what, for a young player, how many different systems does he have to try and adapt to himself? He he's still he's still sort of learning his trade. He's yeah. still trying you know, to you know what find a position in the team. Do you know what hurts Tom Davies? The fact that we've got money. If he'd have broke that second half of the season in 16-17, where he broke in, and I think he scored two or three goals, and he played quite regularly from January to May, if that was a David Moyes team with £10 million to spend the following month or in June and July, you'd have allowed on him. He'd be number eight for Everton. He's hindered by the fact that we've got an open checkbook, really, and we can go and sign Schneiderlin. We, we can go and sign Gabamon. If, if Garner leaves, we can go and sign Gabamon. You can bring Schneider, you can bring Gilfie Sigurdsson, you can bring Andre Gomez in. And he, he's hurt by that, that the manager which, which and the club aren't looking at him going, let's give him the shirt. We're yeah, basically yeah. going to no, always I, go. I, I agree with Gary and remember us actually making that point, I think, last summer, saying that you know we've got to remember, one, that he's young, and two, that he's played under so, so many managers, it must be really confusing to him. But that's exactly why he needs a loan spell. Hmm, yeah. That's exactly why he needs yeah, I mean, a loan spell. For that, for that reason. Yeah, the, the Kissick extra that we did, he touched on how difficult it was for him to adjust to different systems, just transferring from the youth team. He said he wished he would have had a loan spell early on. Yeah, yeah. You can see the look, Tom Davies, I remember a couple of years ago, when, or maybe four or five years ago, he trained, he, he was one of two players who trained with the full England team as like an outstanding youngster. I think it was him, and, it might have been Mason Mount, I'm not too sure, before they were even professionals. They were sort of brought in by by the England national team to, to, to train with them. The so the highly thought of by time, yeah. yeah, the highly thought of by by the country's coaches. So there's, under 17 the sorry, the there's a player there's a player there. There's a player there. Am I right in saying like he plays really well often when you play in lower league opposition and that? Um, in other words, he's, he's not definitely not lower league standards. He's too good for it. Like he's played for mm. the under twenty ones. He was he was too good really. And when you have played in the league cup, I seem to remember you saying like he played really really well, but it was only against that team. If, if you sold him, he wouldn't go a division down. No, that's what I'm getting at. Really. Mm. Yeah. And if he did, he, he wouldn't be there long. Yeah, he, he, uh, I mean, I do, I do see the benefits of loan spells because I mean we've seen. Uh, an established Jack Wilshire go on loan for a season Had to Bournemouth. Yeah, but I mean uh, these were yeah. these were established players he played 250 yeah. games for Arsenal and then you know got a loan spell at Bournemouth and he you know he's in the shop window mm. or he could have went back to Arsenal and he's there was a player there again he got an England call up me I, I do see the the benefits of a lo- loan spell but I just don't know how damaging it would be for the, his, his Everton career w- if he would he come uh, exactly would he come back from that if we loaned That's him out for a season would he I come d- back I don't think he'd come back no, I, I think if you're going to loan him out you may as well sell him depends yeah. where he goes doesn't it as well but Do I think alone when, when Allardyce came in would have been perfect because known full well you were never keeping Allardyce. You don't want to talk about Allardyce? He, no, but, yeah. no, but it, it, is, it is actually, it's, speci- it's a specific point. No, you knew full well and the, the board knew full well Allardyce weren't staying after that season. He came in to, to, finish, to do a job for you, to get you to the end of that season, to keep, as much as you don't like it, it was to keep you up because the way the season was going. Yeah, I, I think, yeah. If yeah. either went out then, on loan for the rest of that season, at yeah. least just to just to sort of not have to play under Allardyce to to get some game time to get his confidence higher, rather than having to 
play for a struggling team, as you right. were at the time, would have been a perfect time for him to go out. And then you're he right, could have come back with a fresh head. Allardyce didn't even play him that much. So you're right, that was probably the perfect window for him to go. Look, let's not stay on Tom Davies too much. We, we were talking off air about topics for this for this episode. We've got no games to review, so... Judge, you brought up there's an article about Andrew Robertson up in the Scottish press. Yeah, well, it wasn't just the Scottish press. It it, it was Sky Sports that kind of um, honed in on it first. He got interviewed after Scotland's uh, 2-1 defeat to Russia. And it was um, he's obviously captain for Scotland, which is the first first point to make. Scotland's have struggled in their group is, is the second point to make. They were one goal up against Russia uh, quite early on. It was McGinn from Villa who scored the goal. Um, they were pegged mm. back subsequently. Yeah, they were pegged back um, like heaven. And um, Russia went on and got the got the three points. They won two one. Um, and Rob- inter- Robinson Robinson's assistant there as well, wasn't it? Didn't he give the goal to Russia? Did he put it on a plate for? Well, them? yeah. Th- so he, the the interviews <laughs> the interviews him after the game. He, he has a he has a bad game by all accounts. He didn't he didn't play particularly well. Um, but the interviews him after the game as Scotland's captain. Uh, the first thing he says, or he he, b- he basically says, uh, we've bottled it tonight. Our players have bottled it. We went one nil up. We should have went out went and took the game to them. Yeah, he said we he got nervous, back. didn't he? We've sat back, haven't been one nil up. We we looked like we were nervous after we got that goal, like we didn't know what to do. Um, it was obviously a very emotional interview. Um, he said the only player that come out of the game with any credit was the keeper Andy Marshall, um, and subsequently uh, Charlie Mulgrew has has come out and, and responded to that as as another player in the team and said that I, I think. Robertson's wise as the mark, and I don't agree with him. I don't think we bottled it at I all. I think players don't like to be called bottlers, but mm. I, I think, you know... But he includes himself in that, by the way. He includes yeah, himself yeah. in it, yeah. yeah. So he hasn't shaked responsibility, but for me, he's being like honest. It looked like that to me from, from the bits I've seen of the game. I've seen that goal as well. That was a fault where he was at fault. There was no... He was marking two men, and he like plowed into someone as a tackle, and it broke to their striker. So I think a bit much is being made of that. But... I just I just tangled about the. Sorry, I think that all happens in 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 the, in the media. That's strange to me that that, that back and forth there between well, was it Marshall and Robertson happens in the media. It doesn't. No, it wasn't Marshall. It was Mulgrew. Mulgrew, sorry. Gary's just corrected me. It's David Marshall keeping that Andy Marshall. Okay. But I was David Marshall was on his pedestal. He'd been talked up. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, I, th- I think that the reason why we felt the need to discuss it is one. I don't think Rob. I can't remember Robertson having a bad game views in a very long time. The second thing is. Do you think that, you know, being captain for Scotland and, and, and playing for a team, obviously, that are not winning regularly like, like you are and, and playing with players that are not as good as him, do you think that's the one of the only reasons why he's, he's got so frustrated? So, or, or is it... It probably it probably adds towards his frustration, but at the same time, I don't think it matters who you're playing with. If, if your team, if you don't play well, if your team gets beat, you're not going to... struggle to qualify. You're not gonna be happy, are you? No. no, no. But I just, I just think you're the captain of that. You've got another game, by the way. You've got another game on Monday. Now, if he was your captain, you've been, you've been beat on the Saturday, but you had another game three, three days later. Would you be happy with that reaction? I don't know if I'd be happy with it, but the, pr- the, but the question is, would it get a re- like a performance out yet? Yeah? If you've just been accused say. of bottling it, and uh, you're gonna perform in a such a way that looks like you're not. If it's your manager. It. Is your captain now a teammate? No, Maybe I, because I, of his age, you're, you're saying that. But I think if Gerard said that, it would hold absolute he's 25 authority. He's not, he's not a kid, yeah, but he? I mean, like if Gerard come and said out and said we bottled it there, yeah, the players uh, would be thinking, crap. Andy, Andy Robertson, Champions League winner, playing so he, for Liverpool. So he can command that authority then. Listen, he's he's been interviewed, he's been asked the question, and he's given what what I see, and he's given honest response. Mm. 
he's given a passionate response. Yeah, and, and don't forget and as well, it, it wasn't long after the game either. It was, it, it was an interview after the game where, know, it, where tensions are high still. He's had chances to come out though, and he hasn't. He hasn't. Um, he might think he might stand by. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't need. So that's to. what I mean. So I don't. He can. He's the captain, and, and he, he might have even went in that changing room afterwards and, and said it to the players. Yeah. Mm. He might have said exactly yeah. the same thing. If I seen an Everton captain do that after we just get, gave away a goal goal lead, I'd be very happy with it. If he if he if he held his hands up and you know accepted responsibility for why we got we we never got three points or never got one point, I'd be very happy. And, and you know you'd sort of go well you know Fair obviously enough. came came out and said players like that as well. There must be such high standards who they train with well, he's, he's Monday to Friday. Then they I mean. go to yeah, and then he's playing alongside. And a Bernian central midfielder. Well, yeah. Your comment before, Craig, was I don't think the international friendlies really or the international games really help your club form, but they can hinder it if you have a bad yeah. game or a bad performance. Do you think, is it, is it any concern? Is it like, oh, I'm not, Robertson will be a different player? For you as Reds, is it? I mean, he's a captain, and I think one worry is that you can you can take on a lot of pressure as a captain. You can feel it a lot if you're particularly pa- passionate about your captain in your country. And it, it can weigh on your mind. But the, the thing about club football is that you can still be relieved to come away from that and then perform for your club. But I suppose there is a concern. The no, I don't think it'll affect his confidence. No, there could be a slight concern. But I, don't, I think I'd be more... I don't know what concerns I'm worried. That's a bit, it's a bit the wrong word for me. But I think I'd maybe be a little bit more concerned if he had if he couldn't acknowledge that he played poorly. Mm. If he comes out and, and was was like, and, and I, don't get me wrong, I haven't seen the game, so I don't know whether he was right or wrong or whatever. But if they have played bad and the whole team have played bad, and he was one of them as well, because as, as you said, he, he includes himself in the damning report. If he came out and was, we were unlucky. Uh, we, we, you know, we didn't, we didn't deserve to lose two one. We didn't deserve to lose the game, but they did, and he was poor. I mean, I'd be a bit more like, no, you need you need to accept responsibility. You were poor. He's come out after the game. He's being honest. He, he did mm. all right. Mulgrew might not agree with him, and and that's fair enough. That's fine, he, there's, yeah. there's opinions. Everyone's got their own opinion. We don't always agree on everything to do with our clubs. It, it people do have different opinions. He's come out. He's gave his opinion. Mulgrew's re- responded with his opinion. I'm sure if there is any any t- uh, bother between them, the rest of it will be done in inside the mm. you know Scotland's what? camp and. One of the pundits after the game was talking about he was Scottish. He was Scottish. I can't remember who it was, but he was saying like, "I haven't really s- like he's won. He's been in two Champions League finals. He's champion Champions League winner." And the Scottish fan base on looking at him, thinking, "We want you to change the game. We want you to be the match winner for us." In a way, he's a left back. Yeah, so you look yeah. at like Cristiano Ronaldo or Beckham, and they really did change games when it mattered. But they could both take free kicks and all that. Yeah, type yeah, of yeah, yeah. E- even when Robertson has changed games for use. It's it's been because he's got more space because all the other players are occupied. Do you know yeah. what I mean? So it's like all oh, his tempo within people and things. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. I actually think like technically, you know, he's not really up there as like no, one of the, one of them type yeah. of players. But no, he makes he, up he's, for he's, it he's no he's no sure. he's no Luca Dean, is he? <laughs> Possibly no. not as technical. He's more like Luka he's, he's more like Carragher. The way yeah. Carragher was Carragher, mm. and he'll probably admit himself, he's never been the most technically gifted player, but. What he what he did have is the the heart and the determination, the work rate, the, the pure desire to 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 want to win and yeah. do well. And he'd never doesn't matter who you played when for Carragher. If you were in the European Cup final in Istanbul or whether you were in a charity match the other weekend, he wants to win that game. He yeah. wants to win his individual battle. And yeah. Robertson's the same. But maybe uh, for for Scotland, he's thinking, well, I can't even maraud forwards like I do with Liverpool no. here because and not only that, if, if he's maraud, if he's marauding forwards and whipping a ball in, he's at Liverpool, he's whipping a ball into Salah, Firmino, and and Mane. I, I mean, 
I don't know if he's still whipping the ball into Ali McQuish for Scotland. I don't even know who their striker <laughs> is, but, <laughs> you know, it, who is their striker? You know, good as Ali McQuish yeah. to tell you that, whoever it is. Let's move on from international football now. We've covered that enough. Big thanks to our sponsors at Dole Liverpool, who have provided some pizzas tonight. Amazing food. Check the website out, doleliverpool.co.uk. Two words, tater tots. Oh, tater tots. tots wow trust yeah, me right? trust me <laughs> they're lovely Look, let's move on Craig let's bring you in a little bit here because news this week that one of our legends has retired from the game an ex-Everton player Samuel Eto'o oh yes he had six I thought he retired about I did. three years ago I couldn't believe it no look in all seriousness I think he had six months at Everton where's he been um, he, he, went, he, went, around, he went around the world he was at that club in Turkey that, um, and, and Talon Sport yeah 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 the base then um, but his goal record was brilliant yeah. I looked at it he's been banging goals in for them I thought yeah. I literally thought he retired the day he left Everton for Sampdoria <laughs> what, what I wanted to ask you really is, is when we signed him me personally, I was out. I was like, I can't believe that. Yeah. Sammy Letter was going to pass the ball to Tony Ebert. My life's complete. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it didn't quite work out like that, did it? He lasted six months and you yeah. sort of seen straight away that it wasn't a good fit. Do you look back a little bit and think, God, I wish he'd have stayed two years? And Well, uh, that prob- possi- no, I, I possibly would have liked him two years earlier. Yeah, um, when, when he came, I mean, <coughs> he showed like moments of, I mean, his performance against Burnley away two, when, he, when yeah. he got two and then he came on and scored with his first first touch against Chelsea. So he, he gave us them little glimpses. You know, you could see he was a player. You could see he still, you could see him on the pitch, like demanding more from players mm-hmm. around him. But I don't, from what like we we heard around the time that he was at the club, he was. I don't think he was a good. Yeah, the, the, there were stories that, that he was in the Kakuzi, yeah, and he yeah, was basically saying, "Yeah, leave. you can't stay here for long. You've yeah. got to move on." And yeah, Barkley. It yeah. wasn't quite to the same level, but it was almost like a Walter Smith time, where like a Ginola. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, no, obviously a, a world-class player in his day. He didn't win the Ballon d'Or, did he? No, Couldn't have been far off it. No. While he was at Hughes. <laughs> <laughs> Come seconds while he was at us. <laughs> Two goals up, Bernie, does it? <laughs> he had a history causing trouble, though. We had yeah. murder at Barcelona. He had murder everywhere. Yeah, I think he, had, he, had, he did have a... Um, he fell out with, I remember him f- falling out with Guardiola. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But so it, no, yeah. obviously a fantastic player. And as you say, Mills, it was a bit like, wow, Samuel Esso. Samuel Esso, yeah. It's almost yeah. like a ch- it was like a football manager signing, weren't it? You yeah. signed yeah. Lambert, we'll sign Samuel Esso. <laughs> Samuel Esso. That's the best thing, that Liverpool signed Ricky Lambert the same day. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Just freeze this day yeah. in time. Yeah. <laughs> well, moving on to more serious matters. Um, today we're recording on a Sunday this weekend. It, it's been, it would have been Gary Speed's 50th birthday, like Gary Speed, who, you know, Making no mistakes about it. What a footballer he was. Judgy on our website across the park podcast.co.uk on your Meet the Team profile. You list him as one of your favourite players ever. Yeah, one of my favourite um, people ever. And I say that because I, I, um, I spent a few days with him on a coaching course a, a long time ago when he was he was still playing at the time and was doing his badges. And I was I was in awe that he was just there. But not only was he there, he'd like take the lads to. to you know, we'd get in his car and he'd take us for lunch and stuff like that. He, he was just a, a really down to earth person, a, a great, a great man. guy, a great man, yeah, uh, a gentleman. And, and everyone who we've interviewed here, you know, ex Blues, have said the same about him, and everyone in the game says the same about him. It, obviously, a, a massive um, tragedy what happened, but again, from the going back to the good memories, um, I remember that that set was seven one against Southampton, and he got he got a hat trick, and the goals he scored that day were just just epitomised. 
how good he could be and what he offered to the game and the way he evolved his game as well later on a couple of clubs later at Bolton he, he ends up being a, a hold midfielder where he was just running around tackling he's everyone 37, 38 playing Premier League football yeah, stuff yeah. Bolton Remarkable. it just shows it, his application I mean players need in this day and age need to look at someone like Gary Spears who who transforms himself from a left winger, played left back for Leeds, yeah, yeah. central midfield, like you say, whole midfield. He could just adapt his game to all the best did that, didn't he? Yeah, all the best yeah. have done that. Yeah, and he was probably, I don't know, like in, in the the era where it was, you know, professional footballers go for the drink and all that. It, it looked like he thrived on being a professional footballer yeah. and lived the right way. Mm. Slightly ahead of his time in terms yeah, of signings. And, and I think I said that in the Terry Feeling interview. He yeah, always he came it. across as though he'd just done everything right. Mm. And Terry Feeling praised him as well, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, I think he, he said, said he for, them, for them reasons. And I think, without putting a dampener on, I think it, it's sad the way it, it, it you know unfolds at Everton, isn't it? You know, the way that the fans turned on him because we, we'd yeah. heard the stories that he'd, he'd kind of pushed for a move and everything. And obviously time goes on and other perspectives come out and it obviously wasn't the case. Well, the biggest credit you can give him, really, is that he never, ever no. came out. I mean, look, us five here aren't thick, two reds, three blues. We know there was something there to yeah. make an Evertonian leave the club. We're not going to go into it. But he never, ever came out and publicly revealed it. Yeah. I think, unfortunately, a class. after his death, there was a journalist who came out and, and, and went into detail. We're not going to go into it here. But there was problems, but... His dignity, and, and you could tell he loved the club. He never went into the fact that he, he could have really harmed Everton there by yeah, saying, yeah. here's why I left. And he never, ever did. Yeah, and, and that, that's a measure of the man, isn't it? And again, g- g- great player. I, I had great memories while he was there. It was a, Even though we, we, we never hit the heights in the league table, there was some there was some good good games and good wins there, wasn't he? Mm. played in a few good times. He was called at Anfield. At Anfield, he yeah. just slides in, doesn't he, and stuff. He's a player who probably was at the level to play for Liverpool, even. Yeah, he, he was. He, he, I think I thought Craig was going to say it before, but I think he was one of the most underrated Premier League players. Yeah, mm. played. He played for. I, I think he was unfortunate to never quite sign for the team that then kicked on. You know, apart from that Leeds team that it, that he was in for a period yeah. of time, he never really played for the team that went and hit the heights the way that he probably deserved as a pro. But again, um, was have been his fiftieth birthday, and obviously. Um, Everton legend, yeah. you know, sadly missed. I mean, it's we can't say much more than that. We did, we did want to cover it on this week's show because we couldn't avoid it. Everton legends, uh, away from Everton legends, Liverpool legends. <laughs> we've got a we've got a night coming up very shortly that we that we hope you join us for. Right, Reds, you've been asking about a live Liverpool event, and it's time we delivered. Across the Park Live for Liverpool fans is now here. An evening with one of Liverpool's finest strikers and local legend John Aldridge. From non-league football to being in a part of the attack and one of the greatest sides in Liverpool's history and English football in general, John's lived every boiled Reds dream. Join us as we sit down with Aldo in the shadow of Anfield at the Church Pub on Oakfield Road to discuss his career, the highs, the lows, the inside stories from one of Liverpool FC's best-loved players. The evening itself is hosted by Neil Fitzmorris, a star of stage and screen and one of Liverpool's favourite comedians and actors. Tickets are priced at £35 and are available now on the website at acrosstheparkpodcast.co.uk. Alternatively, you can get them behind the bar at the Church Pub on Oakfield Road. Each ticket includes a hot and cold buffy, a free drink on arrival and there'll also be a raffle with some great prizes available. Tickets are limited in availability, so make sure you act fast so that you don't miss out. We look forward to seeing you there on the night. Okay, so like we said there, we, we hope you join us down at the church for that one. It's going to be a, be a really big night. Phil Aldridge, Liverpool legends. Is yeah. Mike is Michael Owen? 
Some he's been very, very, you know, yeah, I wouldn't say active. It's, it's, it's unfair to say that, but his, his extracts of his book have been yeah. out in the media, and he, he clever is what you mean, Mills. Well, yeah, there's there's a couple of things in there that I, I really want your two your two sort of reactions to. One of the first things that came out was he really wanted to come back to Liverpool in 2005 when he signed for for Newcastle. He's basically gone into great detail how he told Real Madrid that he was only going to Liverpool, and Newcastle were offering more money. If he'd have came back in 2005, would that have been a bit of a... Let, let's let's jump in the time machine here. Is that a game-changer in 2005 for Liverpool? Of course it is, yeah, absolutely. He, he was saying that the money wasn't on the table, the right money for, from Liverpool, um, and we don't know what happened behind closed doors, but I remember at the time like the feeling was that we couldn't, afford, we couldn't buy him just at that point in time, but we were going to come back in for him. And I think there was a, it was a World Cup year or Euros, and he was looking at his place in that England team. I think the following was like, summer was the World Cup, yeah. yeah. I don't want to wait. And he alludes to that in his book. He says like how much Madrid was a toll on on his and his girlfriends in particular, like mental state. He hated it over there and stuff, and he just wanted to get out. And my memory of it, and of course we're not privy to any details, is that we were going to get him, but he just had to wait a bit longer, and he, he wouldn't. Mm. Um, but that's not what's diminished his Liverpool reputation so much as... Going to United in particular, because, all right, he never had much offers and a, and a good, great team came in for him at the time. And some people say, who, who wouldn't take that opportunity? But there's most legends that have played for the pool wouldn't have. And what's made it worse for me since that point is, I've, I've seen um, you know, him commentating on Man United and he's calling them we or us and stuff like that. And Wh- Whilst being a Liverpool ambassador. Yeah, whilst being a Liverpool ambassador, yeah. So he, he's made too many mistakes for me. And let's not forget... The way he left Liverpool at the time, we got eight million pounds plus Nunes. Nunes for the Ballon d'Or what winner. What a deal that is! Ballon d'Or winner, and he was some player. Don't get me wrong, he's a phenomenal player. But uh, he basically, I think how that move come about was he he said he was going to sign, he was going to sign, he was going to sign, he was going to extend. He kept us hanging on, and then he went. And was it deadline day or something? Wages. Was it quite late in the window that late, he went? Yeah, it was last minute. It was all done and dusted in like a few days. No, I think it was it was before a Champions League qualifier, and he was on the bench, and he never came on. If he'd have came on, he wouldn't have signed. And everyone knew then he's not yeah, he's tired. Not, he's yeah, not. that's right. I've still got the newspaper extract in mind from when, from when it all happened. So it hurt you then, didn't it? It did hurt me, yeah, because what a player he was. Yeah. <laughs> you know, phenomenal. He, if he'd have came back, to, sorry to cut you off, if he'd have came back that summer, and stayed for, for three or four years and maybe just scored as many goals as he did for Newcastle and for Man United. Would you be looking at Michael Owen as, as a Liverpool legend now, do you think? Uh, to be honest, sorry Gary, I'll let you come on and listen in a minute, <laughs> but uh, he'd done his knee, didn't he, a couple of times. He had knee cruciate for, for England or hamstring uh, and he lost a yard apiece. I think he was going to start to eventually struggle to get into our team the way he was playing for Newcastle and Man U and all that. So Barely even played for Newcastle. W- w- yeah, so it would have got... But like would he have been Liverpool legend if he'd have not gone to Man United? If he'd have came I back to use and played again for you? I had one year in I don't, I don't know. Spain. I don't know whether legend would have been too too big a, a praise for him. I think if you, if you talk... If you'd have said from if you'd have sort of stopped his career at 2013 yeah. without shadow of a doubt, one of one of the surprised when his, his contract ran out at Newcastle in particular that Liverpool didn't come in for him because no. I don't remember I don't remember you being like he's having no, that many stars at that time up front. No, because when when his contract ran out, he'd had multiple serious injuries at Newcastle on top mm. of the the ones that had hindered his career in the first place. You know, he it, it was never after after the movie got from Madrid to. 
Newcastle, there was never going to be another time for him to come back to Liverpool, no. which is mad to say because he, d- he went to United and he did make a, a, the, a, a difference in yeah. certain games. You know, he scored that, that late winner against City, I, I remember. He'll really. always be a goal scorer. But yeah, he, he's, he's always got that in him, but I just don't, I think it was too late. I think that that, that was his last chance. I as think one chance you signed Fowler pretty late on in his career. Exactly. Yeah, I was thinking that day, you brought Fowler back, didn't you? Pretty late on, so, you know, there is the there was an opportunity because even... <coughs> when he left Newcastle, his goal return wasn't too bad at Newcastle. It was like his goals per game, but they were few and far between when he played. I think he was yeah. so in. But then when you look at his Man United career, I know we, uh, it's been like highlighted the the number seven case at Man United since Ronaldo's left. But his goal return at Man United wasn't too shabby. He's yeah. a goal scorer. He always will be. But to go back to the Fowler one, I think they probably still take Fowler back. <laughs> I was I was waiting for a break to say that myself. It's a massive but difference with Fowler. Well, do you know what I said to Phil there? Look, we're in the time machine. Two thousand and five. Would he be a Liverpool legend? Craig, let's bring you in here. You mentioned two thousand and nine. Yeah. In his book, he says before he signed for Man United, he'd met David Moyes. Yeah. And he was going to sign for Everton in two thousand and nine. Yeah, there was we're, in, we're in the time machine, 2009, Mike Hogan for yeah. Everton. That's a tough one, 100%. Okay. There was, there's still a... He's a played a l- hell of a lot more games for Everton. For in starters. a 4-5-1, four, four, David Moyes' 4-5-1, oh, Mike Hogan. Yeah. Who, who was it then, Andy Johnson? In 2009, no, it was uh, Louis Saha. Well, at the back oh, end of, of his Newcastle career, um, career, he was getting sort of used as a, a, a number 10. Mm-hmm. He was deeper. And he, had, he 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 said that he had to adjust his game to play in that position. That's how Keegan seen him as. He knew that he didn't have that pace anymore. And I remember watching a few games for Newcastle and saying, thinking, you know, he's adapted quite well because you'd always thought Michael Owen was on the shoulder, off the shoulder, didn't you? Just bomb, yeah. bomb, bombing people for pace, and then that you know the finish that he had to just yeah. place it past the keeper. As a hundred percent, have Michael Owen only to like it wasn't up there, nosing it a little <laughs> bit, but. It was I remember being linked with them back then as well, and, and I'm not I'm not just saying it now. I, I remember thinking back then, I, I don't, <laughs> I don't know about this, you know, I don't know if he'd fit in and the wages, and I remember thinking that I'm not quite sure, but... Ian, Ian Kenwright Mills there. I know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming out of his dizzy. Moving on quickly. Uh, no. Gary, one last thing he says about Liverpool, well, not the last thing, but the ones that's been revealed in the media about Liverpool was about Steven Gerrard. He basically says that he severely doubts if Gerard wanted to ever leave Liverpool. And he also says that two years prior to Gerard leaving in 2015, that Liverpool wanted to get him out. Do you, do you buy that? What I will say first is, why is he even bringing that up? What, yeah. what I, want, I want to know what the paragraph before that is for him to be talking about Steven Gerrard and Steven Gerrard's exit from Liverpool. Yeah. For me, all that is is... This is going to be an exit I can release before <coughs> so that I can try and sell me book. You know, I just w- read that and thought, no shut up, Owen. Yeah, it's exactly what I thought. He's, if anything, he's doing himself more damage. Mm. You know, d- there's no. Wh- why is he? Why is he discussing that? I don't. I don't, I don't buy the comment either because mainly based on, obviously there was something in it. I think Terry does. Th- he thinks along them lines that Rogers wanted them out because he he felt Gerard was a threat to his. Status. He, in, in he says that, that last comment. Ger- Gerard was bigger than Rogers. Yeah. No, he never. He said Gerard was bigger than the club. Okay. Which yeah, wasn't true. No, which wasn't I, true. I, I've seen Gerard talk so high of Rogers. You know, afterwards, after he left and all that. If Rogers was trying to force Gerard out, Gerard is hating and it, it's come out. It would have come out. And Gerard's only got nice things to say about Rogers. So 
I don't buy it. I think the reason, whatever Owen's saying, I don't care. Whatever, I think the reason Gerard left was because he was coming towards the end of his career. There's no doubt in that. He, he, he was getting on in his age, you know. And all, all right, he was he was miles better than a lot of, uh, still a lot of other Premier League players and stuff. But he was coming to the end of his career, and I don't think Gerard would have wanted to not play. I think Gerard would have wanted to be part of the team and not be watching from the bench and. I have seen Gerard say that he was waiting for a contract extension or something like that, and it, it wasn't coming. It wasn't coming, and he felt a bit unwanted. Well, and then he made the decision. Oh, I've got. I'm going to leave then. I think that the thing with Gerard, I think as soon as he was on the bench against Man United, you knew he was going to leave. I think it, the Real Madrid one was it for me. The Real Madrid the Bernabeu. Yeah. He left a lot of players out for that though, didn't he? he? Did, yeah. He left a the, hell of a lot of players. I think the Man United one. The Man United that affected them. Yeah, the Man United one as well. There's a bit more to that where apparently all went they all went for a meal the night before in Southport, and um, he hadn't kind of revealed his team, but normally he'd kind of give the, the players a bit of an inkling the, the night before, and he called Gerard over to his, to his table. Yeah. Sat with him, had a really good chat with him about the game the next day. I said Gerard. Gerard said he went. He went back thinking. Yeah, I'm in the team here and I'm playing. He said, and then he just said nothing to him and put him on the bench. He said, and that for him was like a, a bit of a yeah. slap in the, the face to him. Yeah. For, for I, someone I, of his I, I find it mad as a blue looking back that Steven Gerrard didn't end his career at Liverpool. I do find that mad because I always thought he was. I'm looking at I Gary and Phil, yeah. I could be looking at Steven Gerrard. He was just Liverpool. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was weird and he was still good enough. Definitely still good enough. Um, he had a great season in home fair, Gary's, got a, Gary's got a similar haircut as well. That's <laughs> <laughs> it grows from the back. <laughs> Look, moving from one world-class midfielder to another, Craig Lee and Osman. <laughs> we, we were down. What are we laughing for Phil? <laughs> we were down on Friday. Yeah, since one eight seven eight tonight with Lee and Osman, very kindly invited us down there, and we had some competition winners as well. Really good night. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, the stories. It, it, them nights. It, the, the stories they tell are exactly what you want to hear. You want yeah. to hear a little bit of fun. You want to hear a, what happens in the dressing room. You, yeah, Tommy like, Gravison bear hug story. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he used to just go limp. It was, yeah, that, yeah, they're all good stories, aren't they? And it, and it gives you an insight into, like, Leon Osmond first getting t- uh, scouted at, like, seven, eight years of age and playing three years above his stations and then... No, it was a really good night, and I, I really enjoyed it, and, and you've done a, a small interview with him yeah, as well. Yeah, but Paul very kindly allowed myself and Judgy to record some some time with Leon Osman. It, it, look, it's not going to be across the park extra. You know, We love to go one hour, two hours sometimes with these, so we've we, we got 20 minutes or so with Leon, and we're thinking of maybe, we're not too sure how to release that. We will be releasing it. It could be a standalone sort of short, or it could be on a future episode, but... Judgy, it was really good, wasn't it? Yeah, it was great. I, th- I think what, what uh, plays into our hands slightly is that we sat there, obviously, and listened to him on stage, and we had an opportunity to kind of pick our questions around the things that he didn't really get a chance to say. Obviously, on nights like that, there's only so long you can be on stage mm-hmm. for, and um, and there's only so many questions that the person on stage can ask him as well. So we got the chance to maybe just get a few questions in that we maybe didn't hear the answers to ourselves there. So we, we tried to cut to the chase a little bit and quick quite short and sharp with him but again he was he was very forthcomingly on consistently he'd already been on stage for an hour and a half so f- uh, you know all credit to him but no I think it, it's a it's a good 20 minutes or so and I think yeah. what we're toying with is maybe doing like a little bit of our own memories of him and the time that you know that, that he was around Everton before it you know the three of us mm. uh, having a little chat about it and then playing that after it and as a bit of a you know a bit of a twist on the extras but no still 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 a very uh 
very worthy, worthy chat, and it? Yeah, yeah it's good. Uh, we're, we're definitely going to release it, aren't we? It's going yeah, to be 100%. out for the listeners. I mean, you look at it appearance-wise, you must be in the top ten. Four hundred and thirty-three games for mm-hmm. Everton. Yeah, top flight like games as well. Not, not, bad, not a bad um, yeah. record. That is it. Four hundred and thirty-three games for a, you know, yeah. Absolutely. And again, a, a, a one club man as well. He started very late, didn't he, Osman? You know, he he went into that. He, didn't he? Yeah. he had some injuries in his, in his teens, and it, it took him a couple of loan spells. He got to twenty-two, twenty-three, and then finally mm-hmm. broke through. Was it 10, 12 years he had in the first team and Everton? Unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, no, it was a great night. And again, since 1878, put put some really good nights on. So, you know, follow them on Twitter. Do, you'll find do you think he was underrated as a player? Absolutely. Yeah, I, I do. And I think he, again, the whole like local lad thing, I think uh, uh, he was divided. But I think if he was Portuguese, yeah, he'd be in the Hall of Fame now. Yeah, more, more. Yeah, I think, I think he's more appreciated now than what he was when he played. One hundred percent. And you you've seen that by the reaction of the people in. Do you know in what you've got to have a lot of a lot of time for is that he played obviously predominantly his best years were under David Moyes in a in a long ball team. Yeah. A, a lad who's no five, taller yeah, than five foot seven, yeah. five foot six, five foot seven, and he played in a non non a long ball team, and it, and he was extremely successful, and he, and he managed eventually to get an England call. Yeah. You know what I always think about him as well is there was games where he was. He it, it wasn't quite peripheral, for him, peripheral. But he always wanted that ball. He'd yeah. always ask for it. He'd never ever shy away. And from how it. often did he get on the end of things as well? Just yeah. little, 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 you know. He'd, yeah, he'd, toes, he'd never yeah. walk off the off the pitch without his shirt being stuck to somebody. No, yeah, he'd, yeah that's it. And it's one of them players that, as a red, it, se- it seemed to be every time I watched him, he played really well. And I yeah. was wondering why he went revered more at the time, but. Me and, Ju- me and Judgey told him we, we had t- we had twenty minutes with him, and we basically said, didn't we, without ruining it, we, we we thanked him and said, look, there was times that we were losing our best players, you know, summer after summer after summer, and you were loyal to us and you stayed, and we you know we thanked him for that. Look, yeah. without going into too much detail and ruining the what we're going to release, we we can maybe talk about what he said on stage. One of the funniest things he said on stage was a story with Thomas Gravison. He said Gravison used to go around bear hugging everybody. Yeah. And, and Craig, what was <laughs> his he, uh, what, he, what was his way out? The re- Gravison's reason, though, because he liked to battle, didn't he? Yeah. He, liked, he liked to just have a yeah. wrestle with wrestle someone. But Osman had, had the escape, yeah. didn't he? Yeah, his, his escape was he just used to go limp and go. <laughs> <laughs> and just play dead. I played dead. Yeah. And, uh, and Tommy, Tommy didn't just, think that was any yeah, fun. So he'd, he'd go to. Tied him with Duncan Ferguson once, he said. And he had a. Um, uh, there was no the, winner there was no, stands no, off it was just the stands off both just standing there sweating Phil, <laughs> like does, Phil does that every Sunday morning over at the moment I've seen a name seen a clip of it Phil hug, hugging people for like 10 minutes <laughs> to put that into context it's, and it's the sweat. jiu-jitsu <laughs> oh, yeah, that's that's really really on why have you got your top off then <laughs> <laughs> why is that oil <laughs> I've been trying to yeah. oh, uh, big friends since 1878 co UK on Twitter, no dots. Go and find them. Listen, any of the who want a bevy before the game, they doing they do packages as well where they have some blues down there, um, some packages for drinks and food as well. So just check them out. I'll since be there. since one eight seven eight co UK on Twitter. Moving on to the games. Before we do move on to the games, sorry, big shout out to our listeners on Access Northwest Radio. If you're listening on there, we. we Big thank you to that. You know, we get some a lot of listeners, a lot of feedback on there as well. So please keep tuning in, keep giving us some feedback as well. Start with the Reds. I think they're playing on Saturday this week. Is it, is it Newcastle? Is it twelve thirty? So you're on you're on TV. They're smelling an upset. Is, <laughs> is there going to be one? I can smell pizza. I can't smell an upset. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's Liverpool and Anfield. You know, 
bigger, better teams than Newcastle oh, coming for. I just can't forward. wait to just, I'm sorry. That just play. I know that that's unbearable. Like, but, uh, no, I can't wait true. to play that back to you though. Like at some point, yeah, I don't think, I don't <laughs> think it's going to be against it's Newcastle. Gonna, like, it's going to happen one day. Fifty minutes, ten seconds. It's going to happen one day. Hopefully, December. Can't see this being a day. I mean. Bruce has had some good results. He, he turned Tottenham over, didn't he? 1-0. Um, mm. Bruce's best result was getting that job. Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. the Newcastle, load, I mean, from the outside looking in, I think they'll set up to try and frustrate you and play for the draw, and that might open yeah. them up to a hiding. I think most teams are going to do that coming to Anfield now. You know, I think we, we've touched on it in, in the last couple of weeks. We Last season, we didn't really get the same sort of respect that City got in terms of teams were just going to Man City thinking we need to keep the, the the goal difference down here. We need to make sure we just don't get it hard and get get our, get our bags and go into the next game. They were still coming to Liverpool thinking, you know, they might be able to get something and, and think trying to have a go at us and, you know, albeit to, to their detriment because, you know, you've seen what happened last season. I think now, you've seen the start of this season, the teams are starting to, to give us that, that respect that they gave City last season and, so I think you're right. They would, Newcastle will come to Anfield and, and sit back, and I, I don't think they'll they'll come it's, at us whatsoever. It's a weird one because obviously, what I mean, we watch Liverpool every week, and I'm not sure how to beat us. I mean, it's it's like teams will come to Liverpool and try and play expansive attack and football and get taken apart. Other teams will come and they'll sit back and they'll try and keep it nil nil for as long as they can, and maybe hit us on the counter or get a set piece. And obviously they do better than the teams who come at us, but for me it's a false economy. I mean, you might do slightly better, but you're certainly not going to win doing that. So it's like, what do you actually do? And you've, you've got to come with a plan. You've got to come in and do something totally different and out there to to try and beat us. But I don't know what it is, and I don't think Newcastle have got it. So yeah, that it, I think you. I don't want to go too heavy on it because you know if they do turn up with a master plan and they beat us one nil, then we look seriously foolish. But yeah, I, I kind of agree. I don't think. I don't think you're going to get the, the, the likes of your Newcastle. not the way to beat us, is it? No, it's, it's not. But at the same time, as you're saying, when, when teams come at us and they leave them spaces for Salah, Firmino, Mane, out. then that, that is, you know, you're basically handing us the win there. What I did want to ask you, Gary, is Jürgen Klopp said last week that after the international window, things change. And he said that in the context of, you know, players coming in and out and maybe some changes. Does it start with Newcastle? Um. Potentially, but if it does, I think it'd only be because we've got one eye on the Champions League. Um, does that start next week? Does it? Is that soon? Is it the first? I think it's the week after the, it's the, the Newcastle So game. we play Newcastle yeah. Saturday, and then we play in the Champions League on either Tuesday or I'm not not quite easy. sure what day it is, but it's, it's Tuesday or Wednesday. So, you know, we I don't think you'll see the front three <coughs> rested or anything against Newcastle because they haven't been away. Well, Firmino has, but the, the other two haven't been away. So are I think we, are we talking Gomez, Chamberlain, maybe. That sort of change. Well, I wouldn't know to be honest because you don't know what what. It, it, I think it's going to depend on teams as well. What sort of game you want to play? We've got different players for different for different sort of tactics against different teams. You know, you could see Gomez coming at right back now and again, but that tends to be against the, the teams who've got serious attacking threats where he wants to stay tight at the back. I don't think you're going to see Gomez coming in at right back against against a Newcastle. You know, you're more likely to see him do that against maybe like a Napoli in the Champions League or okay. or a Man City. Type type game, midfield wise, it's an open. Take your pick, isn't yeah, it? it's. I think Fabinho's the 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 one. Do you know main the I just want to bring that up because that is what everyone says every week. But that, we can't over rely on Fabinho that way. It's like I, sometimes I think you're playing a bottom half, of, you know, maybe even a bottom third team at home. Do you always need Fabinho? And if you do need him, isn't that concerning for Fabinho? 
Like it, he's the one player who everyone says now will definitely play for Benio. I think that's just so because of what he brings to the team. Why can he do that as a human being? Like well, yeah. every week. Yeah, I, well, I think so. Why, yeah. why not? Can't say does it for. Well, can't he did it yeah, for, well, for for three seasons? All the Champions top. League games as well. It's a long season, isn't it? Like I, I don't know. I, th- I, think, I think you want your best players to play, and he's certainly yeah. one of your better players. I just think yeah. that 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 sort of mentality. I understand. I understand why you think that and why, where you're coming from with that. But if if he doesn't play, it, the games that he's going to play in against like the Newcastle stuff, where we're going to be attacking and we're going to be mainly in the in the final third, we don't need to have six attacking players. Yeah. We don't need it. He, he can. He's not going to be as, you know, worked as he is as when he's playing the Man Cities and in your Champions League games and and in your your Man United game. Well, maybe not Man United anymore, but you know, in in them type of high, higher profile games, these games against. I, I don't want to be too too detrimental to to Newcastle and, and the other lower lower league teams, but he's not going to be as worked. He's going to have a bit to do here and there when they do get a breakaway and stuff. Yeah. It's it's the other games where he'll be seriously worked and he'll be, you know, he'll be under pressure a lot more and he's got a well more to do. So then, obviously, not a break. They're not a, they're not like a rest, but he's not as as overworked as what you may be thinking he's going to be by playing all these games. Yeah, and and, and I don't think we just, we we necessarily rely on him either. I, I, he probably won't play every game. We, we all say that because of what he's brought to the yeah. team since he's come in. I, I'm not. I don't necessarily think I'd be disheartened if he, if he didn't play in, in certain games. What are the games to rest him in though? Because for me, like probably a bottom third team at home are those games. Yeah, maybe well, What's the are? purpose for resting him? Just because you've got to manage him because he's human and he could get tired towards the end of the season. Too many knocks. It's, it's the same, for the same reason that everyone says Amane, Salah and Firmino are going to burn out because they play every game every week. Everyone always says it when you get towards March, April, the end of the season, the, the business ends. Well, they do play every game. <laughs> yeah, of course they do, but, not, but this one, I'm just answering yeah. Craig's question. You know, that, that's why you're talking yeah. about so it. But surely a game against Newcastle, a, bo- you know, a bottom third club, as you, as you say, shouldn't... Well, that's why I'm it. saying, though, like, is, is that the game where you need to hold in midfield? Is it the opportunity? I, I, say is, I don't, I I don't particularly agree that resting players does them that much good. I, I just, I think if you're a professional football fo- footballer, you want to play every yeah, week. Yeah, what, what I've never liked is not playing your best team or your best team for that game. I, I agree that you've got to give other players game time and stuff, but does playing, playing Oxlade-Chamberlain instead of Henderson isn't necessarily to our detriment. It, playing... Milner instead of Wayne Aldum's not necessarily to our detriment. Detriment. They're all at similar levels in 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 that midfield. It's just that you want you. What I'd say is you've got to win the game. So go and play your what you feel is your best eleven for that particular do you know, game. Do you know what as well? In the Get pos- the game won and then rest players. You were kind of alluding to this before, Gary. You may have said the exact thing, but in your system, particularly the way you're playing now with a very high line compared to last season. Yeah. And the position he occupies, which is pretty much sitting in front of the back four. Yeah. And and the, the reason it's called sitting is because literally as the whole midfield, you sit and you try and hold a pretty disciplined position to block lines in front of the centre-back. And what He's actually s- the person who's doing the least amount of run. Yeah, and what, and what you see is, uh, at the moment, uh, Trent and Robertson are pushing up and then he's making a back three yeah, when the keeper gives he's it He's actually out. doing less, though, because yeah. he's standing in between the two centre-backs. I think you're underestimating what Klopp expects from that six, number but six role. No, but I, I don't honestly. know. I, I, the two so centre-backs that are either side of him are doing a lot more running in that type of shape than he is. All he's doing is dropping back in between them. And, and I, I know what you're saying, but... It's your two players in front of him that are actually doing the majority of the run, like yeah. your Hendersons and your Wayne Aldams. They're the ones who are expected to go up and press high with the forwards, drop back and, and actually cover 
certain spaces. All he's doing is dropping in between the two centre backs. So do we all feel that he could play every game? I think so. Then. It's I think so. Well, as you've role. just said there, Salamane and Firmino do, and they yeah. do a hell of a lot more running yeah, than what do. he does. And, and high-intensity running yeah. as well. He's yeah. not sprinting as much as them. Yeah. We have got other options there, though. You know, why not them can do it. Yeah, of course, well. that's what, and that's what I'm saying. I don't think I'd be against certain opposition. I, don't, I, I wouldn't be too disheartened by Firmino not playing. But so if he's fit and can play, why not? So now then we're at the stage where we only ever talk about rotating two players and, and it's Henderson or two positions. It's the Henderson, Milner, Ox... Wijnaldum, for, for that's me, it, isn't it? For me, mate, it's, it's only rotating one. Is uh, it? For, it's Fabinho and Wijnaldum for me every game. Yeah. I, I just I, I just don't see how you can take them out of, the, out of the team, especially if you're going into a game, say, say you're treating every game like it's Man City. For me, them two have got to play. Well, if you're talking about just start your best three, for me, it's Henderson, Wijnaldum and, and, Emmett, and Fabinho in every game. Yeah, yeah that's fair enough. That, everyone's going to have their own Everyone's going to have their own opinions on What's that. Yours, one? What's yours? What's yours? <coughs> I don't know. Else? I don't know to be honest. It, prob- it probably is that. It probably is the Milner. same as Phil. No, Henderson. I was going to say yeah. last season Milner was on your lips all the time. Oh, it was yeah. like Milner, Milner, Milner. There's, there's no Milner upgrade when he leaves. Yeah, he just hasn't played. He hasn't started this season, so the other players have played great. I think Milner is is now the the player where he's the agent player in the team. All right, he, he comes probably, on to kind of he's probably fitter than most of the players in the team. But yeah, I think he's now developing the role where he is your safety net. I, I think what he does as well, and I've seen this in, in the game so far that I've watched the use. He almost comes on as the yeah. manager for the last twenty minutes, <laughs> like with yeah. the manager's yeah, instructions yeah. to go. Well, this is what we're doing for the last twenty, and you can see him like that, yeah. giving loads of messages out, talking about the shape. It's almost like Klopp sits him next to him and goes, "Right, James, this is what we're doing the last twenty. Go ahead, go, yeah. and, go and tell everyone." But, else. I, but I haven't said that. You could rely on him more if you wanted to. I, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be gutted if he started against Newcastle, or I wouldn't be gutted if he started against you, you know your, your Champions League teams in the group stage and stuff. It, it, he is that good that you, you you can still play him from the start and, and in a few games and and you know it, I, I just don't think we've got we haven't got many midfielders now that I think oh I don't really want him playing. You know, there's, there's a couple there who haven't played for a while. Who, who you know, you're a, you're a bit more, who you're a bit more wary of. The likes of Lalana, the likes of Oxley Chamberlain, you know, the likes of Keita. You're well more wary of them because time. yeah, they haven't played as much. What about Keita? They've been injured. They, I haven't. You know, <laughs> yeah, but that's it. You know what I mean? We've got, we, we've got them players who, who, you know, you're a bit more wary of because they haven't had as much game time. They is haven't sort he of performed. He, he, he picked up another injury, yeah, but I, I don't think he's far from being back. Look, either. Gary, me and you had a chat last week. I'm not going to blow you up. Me, me and you were on City, and I said to you, Keita, you know, are you gutted? And you answered it. If you want to publicly say it uh, now, it's fine. Yeah. Phil, same question to you. Are you gutted with how that's turned out? <coughs> we're, we're talking yeah. September 2019. So far, are you gutted? Yeah, because... Um, when we signed him, I thought, oh my God, what a player we've signed here. And then we saw a lot of poor form. A player looked like he was coming back, an injury. Looked like he was coming back again, another injury. Then you're hearing rumours of him not settling in the squad, although he's meant to be a lot more settled at the moment, isn't he? But the whole story of Cater's time at Liverpool, you know, in stark contrast to what we were hoping and expecting, is a massive disappointment. Mm. But there's still hope. Can I ask what he's particularly done wrong when he's played? Yeah, he's gives the ball away all the time. He dribbles into into brick walls. Or, you know, it, blind it, alleys. That's why he's always getting injured. Then it's brick walls. Yeah, yeah. It's the wrong expression. Into blind alleys or you know groups of players and stuff like that. No, but, but I mean, he's he, played well he in some games. But he's done it. What he's done wrong? He's done things right. He's done it in a in a team that's just finished second in the Premier League. But he didn't really though. He didn't play that often. 
you know, certain games that he did play. And so, as Phil just said there, he did do a, like a, a good few things, right? And you're seeing glimpses of the player we 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 knew we well we we knew we thought we were getting from Leipzig. He, he you know he had he has had certain really yeah, good I games. Said spare, that about game, said yeah. what's he done wrong? Yeah. But he's, we've seen lots of glimpses. Of, like he's one of the best dribblers I've ever seen. He just goes past people like they're not even there. But he does a bit too much of that and decision making and stuff. Yeah, I think he. I think. He, he was settling in though, wasn't he? We were seeing more like goals from him. And then he picked up the injury. It's just because of of how how like how you how you see him. I just don't see see. Yeah. A, a Do you know what it is player. though? I think I think he come he came from Leipzig as with this massive reputation. Yeah. He, he was a serious serious player for for Leipzig, and he'd done it in the Champions League for them as well. Everyone wanted him, and it was it was sort of like it was seen as a position that we we needed to. to after especially after Coutinho left, it was a sort of a not a hole because you know. As you see, we got to the Champions League final and, and finished second in the league. It, it, it wasn't really a hole. It was just maybe that next step to take us to that next level again. To maybe what's, what's the next level? Oh, you just missed out on the league. That's we missed out on the league. But it's by we a missed, point with but, 97 points. But Craig, we missed do, out on it. You didn't do much wrong. But we no. missed out on it. Went out of the two domestic... Well, I'll tell you we what the next out, level was. We went out of the two domestic trophies early. I, I, well, yeah, there's that. But I mean... I don't think the Liverpool really midfielders didn't score goals. None of them. Like we didn't get any goals from midfield, so it don't, felt. Don't like even know if anyone got double figures. No, I, I don't think he did. So it felt like there was a position to be improved on there, where someone could be. A, we 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 seem to lack like creativity in the midfield. But you know what? Like looking at what he did at Leipzig, he was almost. He did a lot of defensive work, and then like I feel like the Liverpool fans are seeing him as a ten, and I don't know why they're seeing him in nah, that. No, I way. don't. I disagree. I think that the, we're seeing him more as an eight. He's got, he's got the number eight on his back. Yeah, but they're talking about position. He's not going to take Van Alden's position. He's the eight. He's not going to take that position. Yeah, I but don't maybe think. he's but, not a holding midfielder. But at the same time, he, we as we've discussed loads, we've got that rotation that's going to be needed if, if we're going to compete on what is it for? Well, I think the, at the beginning of the season was seven fronts, yeah, but oh, there's yeah, only a few yeah. odd games there. Properly four fronts this season: the Premier League, the two domestic cups, and the Champions League. Yeah, seven but not your fronts. opinion. Don't 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 you think people see him as like he's the man who's going to get goals? He's going to link the midfield and the, and the attack. Like he's thought he's thought of in that way. Like it's, it's you know what, what it is though. You know what it is though. It's because that's what he's done at Leipzig. It's not. I've seen him putting loads of tackles in him, being really deep. He was he was proper proper box to box at yeah, Leipzig. He wasn't exactly. What but he was but he was getting forward. Yeah. yeah but what was he so seeing? What, what was he signed to be? Like when you signed him, yeah, what was it? What was he gonna be? I don't think anybody knows Mills but Klopp. Honestly, I don't think anyone knows because we've seen him. We've seen him be tried in the advanced role. We've seen him be tried in the number eight position. He's he's not really settled properly until we see him hit the form that we that he, he has at Leipzig. If he does, then you'll see where he's getting played because that he'll be there every week. If you're going to be in and around the box for Liverpool, you've got to be good at one twos and that type of yeah, thing. Yeah, absolutely. And but I and don't and see him like that. Me, I see him as like going past someone and then releasing a pass from about forty yards deeper, maybe a splitting pass or something like that. I really prefer him deeper myself, but. I don't know whether that I, I, I don't open. think I've ever seen him as a number ten. I've seen I've seen him as an eight. But yeah. you know, you're gonna split Liverpool fans on him, and, and it's one of them. He's he's blessed in the fact that we've done well without needing him. You know, if if we'd have had Do you a, think a Liverpool fans are on the verge of getting frustrated with him with the injuries. I don't, I don't think so. Just yet, I, th- I think you know. I heard, and I think I heard whispers when he got injured this time, like freaking hell. Yeah, it's is of, course, be one of, them? of course, of course, like a Lallana who's, who's yeah. always injured. You know, it is frustrating. I think, I think yeah, like keep winning, no. If but that's what I mean. Games, he's going to get that leeway. He's going to get that leeway if we keep doing well. You know, if we if we we get to 
the end of what are we in now September if we get to the end of September still unbeaten you know no one's even going to be like where's Cater well, where's Cater that, that was the thing I, I forgot he was at his for the exactly second. that's I what know, I mean I and, and I think he, he is lucky in that sense but at the same time you, you, Liverpool fans do give you a, a, a big opportunity to yeah. settle in and look at Crouch when he first came Crouch went something and with ridiculous without scoring and there's such a strong age and want for him to yeah, be that player absolutely, that we thought yeah. we had. So Which is similar to your, your argument to me about Oxley Chamber. There's, there's a will from me yeah. to want him to do yeah, well. Course. But when does yeah. that stop? When do you say, listen, this it's not working this? When he's, when he's Two seasons, winning. three seasons, what? It's when it's if they go from finishing second to dwindling no, down we're the we're talking about yeah. Injuries. It, it, for me, if you're like, you haven't played for like two, three years, you might as well just sell someone. Is that what you mean, injuries or form? No, or I'm, I mean, from, from, look, we're talking, like, Millsy to failure. When's Kaita not worked? At what point do you say as a fan, this isn't worked? We've got to see what his form's like when he comes back. But if he, if he keeps getting injured and he's injured all this season and half of next season, like, I don't know. Okay, fair enough. There, isn't it, then? Well, back, back to the Newcastle game. Look, we're focused on Newcastle. We're focused on possible changes for you. We're not soft. We all think that you are going to beat them. Predictions? I don't think Michael Ball does. <laughs> oh, Michael Ball, absolutely. <laughs> we'll get to that in a or, or Alan Myers. We haven't asked him yet, but I'm sure, that, I'm sure we know there. Uh, yeah. So, go on. Phil, 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 start with you. Prediction yeah. at Liverpool v Newcastle. Yeah, I, th- I feel 3-0 this week. Yeah, I haven't actually given this much thought. So far, I'm going to go... I think we might put a few past them this week. I'm going to go 5-1. Fresh strikers. 5-1, eh? Okay, so that's twelve thirty on Saturday, Liverpool v Newcastle, and the Blues are on Sunday. We're, we're two p.m. Bournemouth away. I, I'd like to. I, you know what? I look at that and I think we'll, we'll talk of the Leon Osman night. And Ian Snowden was on stage and he he talked about this Bournemouth game. And he said whatever, and we should be going down there and beating them. It never works like that for no, us, does it? It's always a game with a lot of goals, isn't it? Yeah, always. I think one thing that I think we'll get that again. To be honest. If you look at performance form, I think they've they've been see, they've they've been beaten three one in the last two games, so that that's one thing we know about Bournemouth. They, they're, they're quite leaky and they they play that type of football where it, it's a case of wanting to score more than the, the others. It's not about shutting a team out. It's mm. a, it's a case of we'll rely on our attack and um, ability to try and get a result. And I think that's how they'll they'll approach Everton. I think Everton should approach them exactly the same way. If I told you that in four seasons we've not beat them at Bournemouth, that's, that's unbelievable for me. Bournemouth. You say that, they're a different mm, team at home, aren't they? Yeah, but, yeah, but exactly. they, they haven't beat us at Goodison, have they? And that, that goes back to your point there, both teams to score. Yeah. It's like the mentality of the home team will go, yeah. and, go and attack. And, but we've got to go there and say, look... Have, have we been beat many times there, though? We won in the Cup. Have we, but but have we been beat? No, I, I, think it's two, I think it's two defeats and two draws, isn't it? We, we drew 3-3 three, three where two they came straight back. We, we drew 2-2 two, two last Allardyce season. got done there over Christmas. I think um, Martin has de- got done there once as well. It's two defeats and two, is it's it? two draws. Okay. Fair enough. But yeah, I, I look at that and that might be me being naive or maybe you know being a bit cocky, but I think go and win 3-0 there. It's no, Bournemouth. Listen, Bournemouth, are a, a, despite having a 10,000-season stadium, they're an established Premier League side now. You know, they, they've, done it, they've done it the right way. They've, they've came slowly, up. you mean? No, but they're just a consistent Premier League side. Everyone knows that they're a tough side to beat at the Vitality Stadium. Is that what it's called? Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think. No, when I say slowly, I mean like they came up and they slowly built. They were happy just to, to be here. I, I well, no, they weren't, I, they weren't I, grasping I never, like, at the start of the season. Nobody's ever tipping them to go down. down even yeah. when they came up, even when they came up, I think they just signed correctly the first season. I know since, since the first season, they've made a couple of. Big money signings. They, they, they always they always sign a couple of 
that, that's a th- that's what you've got to credit Eddie Howe. He's never done a mass turnover in any summer. I think and we've seen from the the te- every uh, every season one se- one team's done that and got it emphatically wrong, haven't they? It was but it was Fulham last year. Doesn't look like it. it It'll be Villa on the on the basis of the performance against us, but it still could it be. Could be yeah. it still I could love be. Bournemouth. They took Solanke and I off us. <laughs> yeah, yeah they, they, they've absolutely too well off them. Like, yeah, but I mean, the thing with Eddie Howe is he's got the and Smith as well. He, he's got he's got it there where he can um, the he can just play as the football that he wants to play, knowing that the fans aren't going to get on his back. Now, if he went to Martinez, played the same way as Eddie Howe. But because he came to Everton and Everton wanted shut out, that's Everton what winds me up. Because like, I, I hate to say this, we're not no Bournemouth fans listening to this, but they're just they're a small club. So the fact that their fans don't care if they get turned over some weeks, why can't we go and be the team that goes and turns them over? But you know it could, it could happen. Millers, come on, Sunday hasn't. No, but it, it hasn't yet. in four years. So so why aren't we the team that goes and does it? Them? It hasn't for a lot of sides. Yeah, a lot it's a of good sides. Point. Uh, Chelsea went there last season. Don't and got it, It's it's a good point, Mills. I, I think I think what Craig Craig's saying there is. It, they're not one. They're not an easy team to play against. Two, they, they've got a very good home record. Three, they score goals against the top sides. And and when I say the top sides, I mean your your Liverpool's and your your cities. I mean the teams that are challenging for the league regularly. They do normally have at least one upset in them. I think they, like Craig said, I think they beat Chelsea four 0 last year, and and that flattered Chelsea that day. I think Man United. I think Man United's won it in about three yeah. four seasons. So. I, I just see like the Watfords and the Leicesters going there and turning them over, and I'm like, yeah, Millsy, it never works for us. It, it's proper Everton. You always say that. <laughs> you always say that Everton like a goal scorer. So there's your answer. Yeah, it is. Yeah, we score past them. We scored two past them last season, and, and they had ten see. men, and we do two two. Mm. It's like we, the, the certain things that like it, it, it just winds you up. Look, so uh, let's bring you into it. Look, all our listeners, our regular listeners, know that you're a and they license to for coach. So how do we go and play against a team like that? How do you go and beat a team like that? Well, I think you just touched on it then. We scored two goals against them last year and, and succumbed to some long ball football. I honestly think we're a team that, that's better, one, more, you know, more prepared for that type of approach. I think the Keane's a, a bigger figure than he was last year in terms of his confidence, in terms of his, of his fitness. I think Yeri Mean has adapted to the Premier League a lot more than last year. I think we defend set pieces a lot better than we did last year. Ooh, I think tenfold. if we, uh, so, exactly. so, so what do we do? Do we do we go no, and attack them or? I think we go and do the uh, similar to what we've done last year in a, in a sense in that we we kind of sat there and, and we controlled the possession at times. But when they had possession, we allowed them to or we we kind of waited for them to overload, then hit them on the break. I, d- I don't think you go there and go, oh yeah, well let's sit back and let's hit them on the break because I think we're we're better than that. Albeit. I think that is where f- uh, Bournemouth are particularly vulnerable. Look at how Leicester approached it. That's what they did. They kind of said, "Well, go on then, go on. We'll we'll take your, you know, your attacks because really, they've got Callum Wilson up there. who's a target man. Now, if you can isolate him and make sure they can't get players around him, you get one man tight to him and get another person kind of screening so there's no quality going to the front man. You then force them to go wide. I would take our two fullbacks against most wingers in the Premier League now." What Wolves done really well is with their... They've done it well in, in one sense, but then they didn't in another sense because of that back three. They kind of had the, the, the wing backs. that The back three meant that our attacking players went and locked onto their centre-forwards. Sorry, centre-backs, which meant that their wing backs were then 1v1 or at times 2v1 against our, our full-backs. If that happens against Bournemouth and they try and push their, their full-backs on, we'll kill them on the break with, with, with the likes of Richarlison and Awobi or, or Bernard, and we'll discuss that in a moment. I don't think we need to 
be coming up with any master plan to be born with. I think we need to deal with the the, the balls up to Callum Wilson, as in don't allow him to, to get on the half turn and, and set the wingers free. And I think we need to make sure that in, in the wide areas that we're well enough covered when they're in possession and that we can break quickly. Yeah, so, Craig, does the team pick itself after the Wolves game? Um, yeah, I think so. I think um, the, the Richardson that I've, I've been crying out for as, uh, came into the Was there at was Wolves? There, yeah. yeah. Um, Gomez played. Uh, it, it was just a good team performance. And I think don't change that winning, winning side. You know, they all look like they were used to playing with each other. I know they're, they're meant to be like yeah, that. They've yeah. trained together all week, but it looked like they'd trained together all week. And obviously, it's a, it's a Wolves side that are a very compact midfield, and we, we cope very well, more than well against them. Mm. There's no reason why we can't go to Bournemouth and do exactly the same. I asked Phil here about Keita, and, and listen, um, don't take this out of context. Moise, Moise Keane is nowhere near the, the Keita. He, he's had a year there, but. Does he need to go for you sooner rather than later? He needs to go because he's a striker. Yeah. I don't think it's for his own mentality or for anything else. I think he just. I've that, I mean, like from our point of view as fans, no, the longer it goes, does it then become no, he's not scoring? No, because I think with with strikers in the past that we've had and I've gone through through a, he hasn't even gone through a goal out. He's got he's had two games. It's not it's not a drought. He's just a, a young lad who's just came into the side. The one thing I'll take from what I've seen already of him, he looks like a Premier League player. He looks built for for the Premier League. I mean, I mean, I might be a little bit premature in saying that. And ten games down the line, he mightn't score. And it might, I'm, I might be slating him, mm. but I don't think we can judge him this early on based on, on on a couple of games and a couple of substitute appearances. I think I think he's shown from the performances already that he he looks like a Premier League footballer. The, th- the thing for me that's most encouraging, and and it's probably more. Because I've b- we've been watching Calvert Lewin so long, he's got the instincts of a goal scorer. He's in and around there. You'd even see when shots are going in, he's not looking at the bo- he's not he's not looking at the ball. He's looking at the keeper. He's looking at the post. See if something bounces off. He's always there or thereabouts. When we when we were kind of peppering Villa a little bit, he was in between the posts all the time. He wasn't mucking about on the wings and stuff like that, or, or going and you know spending time outside there. He was ready, and whenever a shot went in on goal, he was in and around. And the listen, keeper. I, I want to see your striker have shots on goal. Yeah. We've we've had three, four, five games with Calvert Lewin, and I like Calvert Lewin. I'm a big like a big fan of Calvert Lewin. I, I see the, the attributes that he has got. But there's, there could be three or four games where he doesn't he have, a shot, have yeah. one shot on goal. And then the, the games where he does have chances, he doesn't put them in. Well, the you, you used to, sorry, Phil, you used to saying this is a, is a, is a great time to bring a, a social media question that we had. We, we tried not to do social media this week because we were inundated with them, so we're really sorry for not reading them out. But we did have one about Gilfie Sigurdsson, and the, re, the, the, the listener basically said that he noticed Sigurdsson playing differently against Wolves. He was he was more involved, and he asked a question. I'm really sorry for not for not knowing your name because I'm, I'm doing got, this off I've the got cuff. His name, yeah. it's, it's Eddie Flood. Eddie Flood, thanks for the question. Look, he basically said that Sigurdsson played very differently against Wolves, and he asked the question to us, us three Blues, is it because he doesn't play well with Calvert Lewin? His words were, do you think he, he doesn't really click with Calvert Lewin? And I think. So oh, this, uh, yeah, City, yeah. City was jumping in. Judge's lucky he's due there. Yeah, he's getting City. <laughs> for, for me personally, <laughs> for me personally, I did notice against Wolves that Sigurdsson. I mean, looking back, I noticed that he did play differently. Now, is that because Keane doesn't run the channels more? It allows Sigurdsson to get into position for Everton's second goal, yeah, yeah. where he can go wide. Where more with Calvert Lewin, he's a second striker. Yeah, more. Do, do you see that or? 
is there a point in that? Do you think? Is, is I, it, is I, I don't. I don't think it's a relationship with Calvert Lewin. I think it's just tactics, isn't it? It's just basically. He's, I mean, you'll probably notice more yeah, than I, I do, but I, think I don't think I it's a relationship thing. I think the, w- the only thing I, c- I could say in in I suppose where where he's coming from and looking at it from a tactical perspective is that. Moise Keane tries to get on the shoulder and tries to get in behind. He's always looking to run off the shoulder. Very simple terms. All that does is just drops that centre-back 5, 10, 15 yards deeper. If that does that, it naturally gives more space in between the lines of midfield and defence. And you don't really get that with Calvin because he backs in. And if he runs in behind, he runs in the channels to the right or the left. So I, I, think, it's, um, I think it's the fact that Moise Keane does make them runs that threaten the back four and drop the, those centre-backs deeper, which this which might just give Sigurdsson a bit more space well, to play. Did you see a difference in Sigurdsson against Wolves? Well, I did, because uh, I watched it, I mean, for the listeners' benefit, and, and you probably gathered that because I wasn't on the instant match and I wasn't on last week's, I was away and I watched it on the telly. Um, and I, I was kind of sending notes to you, wasn't I, saying these mm. are the things I see in the first half. And wasn't notes, I it was just Sigurdsson pictures. <laughs> <laughs> I seen a marked improvement in, in the team and, and in his contribution. And whether it was to do with that, I can't say that I've completely broke it down. But there was, a, it was notable that he was getting more space. Mm. I didn't know if it was if it was just Moise Keane or if it was also a Wobie as well, because I thought a Wobie was, was very good. And, and I don't even know if it was the shape that Wolves played that, that gave Sigurd some more freedom. But I, I, I thought it was by far his best performance of the season. I thought he was integral on on on, on Sunday against Wolves, and I thought you know he, he was. He, he was he was cu- he should have come out of the game with a lot more credit from the Evertonians than, than he actually did. But that that was me watching on the telly, and and again, I'm glad the listeners picked it up because I I think he was much better. Look, I I thought he played well. Sigurdsson against Wolves, and I've been crying out for what we've been doing this podcast for what 15, 16 months. I'm myself and you, Judge, you've had a log out sometimes in relation to Sigurdsson's form. I just want to see him do what he did against Wolves, where he picks the ball up and he creates an Everton goal. Now, there's lots of stats out there that he you know, he, he, he creates a, a lots of chances, and maybe it is the fact that we haven't got a goal scorer, and maybe the fact that Calvert-Lewin does run the channels and Sigurdsson needs to do a lot more sort of around where he doesn't need to be or doesn't want to be. I don't know. But but you know what if, no we, if we get Sigurdsson playing like he did against Wolves, I don't care but do you, do you know why he was what playing? the reason is. Do you know why just he was playing? Do, do you know why he was playing the way he was against Wolves? Because invariably, he was only against one player. He was playing as most players in the pitch should be playing, and that's 1v1 at you're not worst, if you like, as an attacker. Every game he, he plays for us, he's having, he's up against two players every time he gets it because there's no space in between the lines. So he has to come in and collect the ball. And when he collects it, he's collecting it in front of their two midfielders. Hmm. It just so happened against Wolves that they were getting stretched a little bit more and their their centre-backs weren't able to come and step up the pitch a bit more. So he was, he was drifting into areas where he, w- he was able to receive the ball, which is one player. That's what I want my ten to be. I want my ten to do that, and he hasn't been doing yeah. it. And maybe yeah. maybe the fact that he, he's done it on Sunday, on Sunday, whether it's a Wobie, whether it's Keane, I don't know. But I want him to do that. So that's that's what I'm crying out for. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I, I, he's not he's not a world beater. I've said I think I've, I've said this admittedly myself. I don't think he's going to be ever be the player that everyone wants him to be, as in picking the ball up and just beating a man at will. I don't think he is that player, but he is a player who does like to, to get in those pockets. And if he's got one man to beat, he'll do it normally with his first touch. He'll do it mm. by spinning them or you know pinning them and stuff like that. But you can't do that. You can't do that against two players. Very few players in the world can do that. You're probably only looking at Leo Messi and at times you know Firmino front for them who can kind of take two players out with a, a bit of a daft bit of skill. You know he's not that player and never will be. But if we can play in the right system, and I think Terry's been an advocate for that as well, 
he, he, he had his best his best times, I think, in terms of performances at Swansea because they built the whole system around him, having wingers to hug the touchline, a forward to plays in behind so that he had space. And I'm not saying we've built that system around him. I just think we've now struck upon a system and players that actually are starting to complement Sigurdsson. Well, you've you done the article this month on Across the Park podcast.co.uk. View from the blue side. Any listeners who go on our website last season will notice we've done it weekly. It was, let's be honest, it was just too much work. We do a podcast every week and, and the articles every week were just sort of a rehash of the weekly episode. So we're going to do it monthly. Judge, you did this, you did the August review and a question to you was about Awobi. You weren't here last week to talk about the Wolves game or the Lincoln game. How impressed have you been with Awobi so far? Incredibly impressed just because um, I think it was a difficult time for him to come in because his only real viable position in the team was a position where he's trying to take a shirt of a player who's much loved by Everton in terms of performances. Bernard has a lot of influence on the game. that The fans love him. He scored first game of the season, so he's yeah. looking thinking, he's the only place I can really get in at the moment, apart from maybe Sigurdsson. He's coming against Lincoln, and, he, and he's, he's coming in a difficult game because, again, it was, you know, it was 4-2. It um, it's, it's a game on a... On a a, a if, it, if it goes wrong exactly. and he's a new player it's, exactly, it's a nightmare yeah. isn't it yeah. he's, he's coming he's, he scored a header which is uncharacteristic for him in terms of I think he scored or he scores one uh, one as a Arsenal if not any yeah. um, so no that, 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 that was a good start for him but then the, the game against Wolves he's playing against a tough side um, again against a completely different system and he just uses confidence. It's the yeah. positivity and, and how keen he is to just play forwards I'll every time he gets header. the ball. He scores another as <laughs> he's got in the box. And, and it's a, a big lad, isn't he? He's, he's must be six foot. Do you yeah. know what? A winger scoring headers or a left yeah. side or a right side of forwards from those crosses is invaluable, isn't it? Would you to be coming in the back post and scoring headers, it's invaluable yeah. for the team. Do you know what? As well, we said a few weeks ago, um, I feel as though, and it, I don't think it's, it's a fact, it's not by no means a fact. I feel as though the recruitment that, that Brands and, and Silver have done, they're trying to almost mirror what they've done across the park in terms of having three forwards who can all go and run. They can all, they're all quick. They can all get on the box. They can all, they're all half decent in the mm. air. You know, they can score different types of goals. And then that way, you maybe only need an industrious midfield. Now, you look at the three now, the tallies, you know, Keane's the only one who's letting them down, really, in terms of not getting on, mm. off, the, off the mark so far. You've got two wingers who, who are scoring headers, but two wingers who are renowned as dribblers. So if, you, if they can start bringing those sides of the game out a bit more, as in beating men and scoring, and, and they're starting to get comfortable winning headers as well. And Question mark, though. You, I, I mean, if you're looking to provide... What you're saying there, if the plan is to bring wide attackers in or attackers who can all score goals, Awobi hasn't been that man at Arsenal, but he, he scored three, I think. Salah wasn't until he went to Roma. Yeah, but when we bought him, he had been... Yeah, yeah, he had one. He had one season in one in a position you where you've got to start somewhere. I'm not looking. No, I'm, not, I'm not saying he's Salah. By the I'm, way, I don't no, think he's ever going to be Salah of the goals. Are you seeing a lot like that was the question mark on Awobi needs to score more? But the no, other, are you but seeing that from the other him? statements? Like, yeah, yeah. The other statements from Arsenal fans, uh, you know, far and wide. He's always been played out of position, as yeah. in he's either played too deep or he's played in the wrong side. Yeah. So far, I'm thinking. How is he not scored an header for Arsenal? Well, when when we signed, I will be. I don't think we actually knew what his position was. Yeah. We didn't yeah. know what he was. I always thought of him as a winger. We were here yeah, live, weren't like we? We signed yeah. him on deadline day. Uh, we recorded at five pm or something. Yeah, it was yeah. going through, and we were all a bit like, uh, "What what's yeah, going yeah. on? What, what does he bring?" Yeah, yeah, and and, and look, I'm, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna claim I thought it, and that's why I said I was amazed or I was really happy or delighted with his form because 
we weren't expecting him to pull up trees. We were kind of just thinking, oh, let's give him a bit of chance, see how he, see how he settles so in. Who is he going to displace? Who is he going to displace? That was At the moment, it's Bernard, 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 without yeah, a doubt. And, and I'm convinced of that because of the performance of Sigurdsson. Now, if Sigurdsson would have been poor against Bournemouth, there's no doubt that all the Everton fans would have been calling for Bernard to go in and play at that number 10, and I, and, and I get that. Well, I think he might have, it might have been a Wobie playing as number 10. Possibly. And Possibly. Bernard's on the left, because Bernard's got a great relationship with Dini, uh, and uh, it's there for everyone. Well, I was just going to go on to that. You're not worried if Bernard comes out the team, because, no, he, because he seems to bring uh, everything out of goals, everyone else, Gary, doesn't goals. he? I, I, I said it on Radio City last Thursday, me and you were on there. I said, until your number nine gets 15, 16, 17... You can't drop your number ten who gets thirteen. Yeah, fair. But what I mean and is, and if the the whole thing over Bernard's in the past what twelve months, what we've all discussed on this is, he makes everyone else, he brings everyone else into the game, makes everyone else play better. So if you then lose him, will Iwobi do the same thing plus add more? No, I, th- I think the team changes. I think all of a sudden you've the now got you've got a left side of the forwards who, as Craig said there correctly, can now score headers. Um, that's the threat by itself, isn't it? If that ball comes from Coleman or from Sigurdsson or Richarlison to that back post well, and your left wing is big enough to threaten the right back and score a well, goal, well look at that then. we're different, aren't look we? Look at the Iwobi goal. The, the ball gets played over the top by Richarlison and Sigurdsson takes half a look up and instantly it hits the far post. He's thinking, yeah. Iwobi will win that. Yeah. They, they've seen in training already, clearly. He's never dreamt of putting a ball in high into the box to Bernard. So it does change, it it instantly changes. If your attackers can make quick decisions in the final third, you've seen this, and they know instantly he can do that, he can get onto that. Your attack, you become a lot more clinical, you become a lot more direct when you have to be. It's very early to be getting too excited about it, but I think with a Wobie in the team or with the option of bringing him in the team, we've got to, you know, I think a lot more cutting edge. Yeah, a, di- a completely different dynamic here, which we haven't had for a long time. But go obviously looking at the um, the, the more simple question. Um, prediction, Mills? Prediction for me. Same more simple question. Yeah, simple look, question I, I can't see, as, as well as we started the season defensively, that, that sort of uh, read the, the other way. Lately, yeah. we've we've conceded a lot of goals. I think we conceded two a game in the past you know, three games. So I can't see us keeping a clean sheet. We've got to go and beat Bournemouth. If we've got anything about us this season and this whole project of bringing brands and silver and giving them money to build a team, you've got to go and beat Bournemouth. And I mm. think we're capable of doing it. So I'll go 2-1 to Everton. Um, I think it's going to be another score and win. I, I, know, I know I say 3-1 every week, but I think it will be a 3-1. Judge? I'm going to agree with you, Mills. I'm going to go 2-1. I, I, was, I was almost thinking about doubling that and going for 4-2 because... I, I I can I'll, I'll take 4-2 now. I, I, <laughs> I, yeah. I can see Bournemouth scoring at least one. Um, I really hope it's not a 2-2. Um, a Desmond. Yeah. You, you know what? I, I'm thinking about more. I'm going to go for 3-2 again. Okay. It's going to be another 3-2, I think. Well, the funny thing for our listeners is uh, next weekend, well, next week's podcast is going to be recorded straight after the Bournemouth game we're recording yeah. on Sunday. And, you know... We'll, Logistically, we've got to record it straight after, but we're really happy to announce that we've got Alfie from Alfie's squad and his mum Alison coming coming down to to record with us as well. You know, we met him at the South all night, Craig. What what a lovely boy he is. Yeah, nice kids, and he was so excited to be there, wasn't he? And yeah, it'd be nice. I mean, he's filling my shoes, isn't he? Yeah, Craig. Big shoes to fill. (laughs) That's why we said it. You can't do man on judges. There's a a few less beers to buy anyway, unless Alison's getting on the ale. (laughs) No, look. on Twitter, go to Alfie's squad, and you, you, I mean, I, I can't say enough things about 
the you know my pride of that little boy what he's doing he's, he's spun the biggest negative anyone can he- ever have in his life and he's turned it into a positive he's raising money for everything in the community just just go to the twitter page out for your squads and have a look yourselves but next week we're going to be doing maybe a little 20 minutes with him as well and he's going to talk all about what he's doing um and thursday as well we've got radio city talk five till six is it you is, is it uk this week or is it me? Yeah. There's, a, there's a blue and a red anyway. Yeah. We're going to be down yeah. there with yeah. Matt Jones, five till Rock six. Paper, scissors. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, the John Aldridge nights. We, 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 can't, we, we can't stress enough. There's a couple of home games coming up at, at Anfield and, and tickets are going to fly away from They're the church. Out, well, they are already. And the, we, we Get on our website. Go to acrosstheparkpodcast.co.uk. If you're not, not web-savvy like myself, there's events in bold looking at you. Click it. Put your payment details in. It's very secure. Buy buy a couple of tickets to go down. John Aldridge with Neil Fitzmaurice hosting. I mean, you feel? I know you can't wait for that F- one. Fitzy alone will be. Uh, and that's I think what that's I mean, the, the that's comedi- you, you don't get to see many comedians for thirty-five. 30 yeah, yeah. That, that, that's it for me. You're getting a comedian. I mean, that that'll be all I'm going down there for. <laughs> to be yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, for Fitzy. Well, you know, there's a free pint. There's quality food, and all those great. You know, he was. He's a big personality on the He's radio. revered He's by funny. Liverpool fans, isn't he? Yeah, He's of course, yeah. He uses, isn't he? Yeah, absolutely. A horror. <laughs> 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 trying to sell tickets here, Greg. He's not a horror. He's a legend. <laughs> oh, look, guys, thanks for listening this week. We're going to be back next Sunday, like I said, right after the Bournemouth for Everton game. Enjoy the weekends. We'll see you then.